On this episode of Come Pray With Me, I interview Reverend David Lindsay of the Interfaith Council of Metropolitan Washington. Located in Washington, D.C., the Interfaith Council was founded in 1978 with the goal of uniting different faiths and giving back to the community through anti-poverty programs and an emergency services directory. We will be learning more about the work the council does and ways to get involved. Thank you for coming to the show today, Reverend Lindsay. It's wonderful to have you on. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for asking. Thank you. So could you tell us a little bit about the work that you do for the Interfaith Council? Sure. I'm the executive director of the Interfaith Council of Metropolitan Washington. And what that means is that the 11 historic faith traditions that make up the IFC here in the D.C. metro area, which is the District of Columbia, Northern Virginia, and the Maryland suburbs, is that I really am the face of the organization in public and also try to bring together our different traditions to do religious literacy, to try to break down stereotypes about each other, and to create community and build coalitions wherever possible. That's wonderful. Now, the mission statement of the Interfaith Council is to create an inclusive community of diverse faiths in our nation's capital. So what ways do they accomplish this goal? We do this through a combination of programs and dialogue. For example, we have a unity walk that happens in September each year. It started out in response to 9-11 and has since evolved into an annual tradition that we do where we walk up and down Massachusetts Avenue Northwest in the District of Columbia, where quite a few faith communities are located. We start at Washington Hebrew Congregation and then we make our way down to the Sikh Gurdwara, to the various Orthodox Christian cathedrals, uh, to the Islamic Center of Washington, and even the Gandhi statue, in order to try to encourage folks to get together programmatically, um, to spend time together, and to learn about diverse faith traditions along the way. We also have programs, in addition to this, we have dialogues where there's a deeper dive, where folks may dive into a specific topic and may do something, for example, in February, we have an event coming up over Zoom that is focusing on uh, the impact of faith in one's professional life and leadership. We also have a program coming up that is specifically for high school and college students called our Leadership Summit, which is happening on March 27, which is specifically about inviting, for example, university students to organize it, plan it, choose the topic, run it themselves. And the topic this year is faith and technology. Well, that's definitely really fascinating. I know uh, your Unity Walk in 2021 got a lot of attention because that was when COVID hit and a lot of people were moved by this display of unity during the trials and tribulation of the pandemic. So I appreciate you telling me about the origins of the walk. Absolutely. It was a strange thing to have a unity walk online. But frankly, it was a strange time. And we're still in a strange time. Last year, we had a hybrid program for the unity walk where we had some aspects live streamed, some aspects outdoors. And actually, now that I think of it, everything was outdoors. We didn't have anything indoors at all because so many of our faith communities at that time just didn't feel they could safely welcome folks into their spaces. So we had panels out on the lawn. We had 
music out of the Gandhi statue. And um, we had a whole program starting in Washington Hebrew congregation outdoors in their lawn. But the virtual experience in 2020 was really something to see. And I give Simi Ram Reimer, our outreach director, a lot of credit for the vision for that and for making that happen. That's such a wonderful story. Could you tell us a little bit more about some of the other resources that the Interfaith Council offers? Sure. Since we were started in 1978, one of the things that we do is offer an emergency services directory where we physically have copies of things. And this is an older one here, you can see. It's the emergency food and shelter directory. The idea being that we produce these online now, as well as physical copies for folks to get access to resources throughout the region. This includes homeless shelters, food pantries, and plenty more services, healthcare, you name it. And what this allows us to do is to hand these out directly ourselves, but it also allows us to take these to faith communities and to nonprofit partner organizations in the region, and even to public servants like law enforcement or to teachers at schools to be able to discreetly hand out uh, to folks that they may encounter in their work or in their school life who might be in need of such resources. Well, that's wonderful work you do, and I know it means a lot to those people. And when I was looking on your website, another event that caught my eye was the Young Adult Summit. Could you tell us a little bit more about this? Yes. So we've had this Young Adult Leadership Summit that happens each year. And uh, this year it'll be happening, as I mentioned, on March 27th. It's a Sunday afternoon. And this was originally envisioned and for many years ran as a 20 and 30 something summit where young adults who were in college or just out of college, all the way up to folks who were 39 years old would get together um, to really explore the issues that were concerned to them from a multi-faith or interfaith perspective. One of the things we're noticing though in our work is that folks who are 17 and younger also have a real interest in these issues. That it's not just folks who are 20 and older who are interested in these topics. It's 19-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds. We've even had nine-year-olds attend our programs as full participants in discussions and dialogues because they're passionate about and care about making a more inclusive community. And so this year we have two tracks. We'll have some joint programs together on the 27th for the college and high school students, but we'll also have separate programs specifically for each of those groups that will be targeted on the issues that are of concern to them. What's it like going to high school to have prom in COVID? What's it like to go to a homecoming dance when you have a mask on? And likewise, to have the college experience represented as well, to talk about what's it like to meet your professors for the first time on Zoom and to maybe rarely or even never encounter them in person over the course of an entire semester. How does technology facilitate that? And what does that mean for your beliefs about the world? Um, what is your understanding of your higher power in the context of a global pandemic? And how is technology shaping that? Those are some of the topics we'll be exploring. That's absolutely fascinating. And that's so impressive that people from all of these different age ranges all come together for this summit. I was, I was really impressed when you mentioned the, um, the nine-year-olds fully participating. It is astonishing. If you enter a conversation with someone, regardless of age, without prejudice, treating them as an equal, it is astonishing how they will rise to that occasion. And that I have found to be true in interfaith dialogue, 
I have found that to be true just in life. And the Young Adult Leadership Summit that's happening on the 27th, did want to mention is something that's open to all folks in those age ranges throughout Maryland, D.C., and Virginia. So if any of your listeners or students on campus there want to attend or participate, you can go to ifcmw.org. That's our website. And you can learn more about how to do so. Well, thank you so much. So what are some other ways people can get involved in the work that you do? There are a variety of ways that folks can get involved in the work that we do. The first is to attend one of our programs, be it virtual, hybrid, or in person. As I mentioned, we have a program coming up in February about professional life and faith, and we have speakers from a variety of traditions, including the Jain community, talking about how their beliefs really play out in the workforce. And I think that's a very interesting virtual program to attend. The Leadership Summit will be in person. We're planning that safely to be for everyone to be vaccinated in mass to attend. Uh, but we also have an upcoming MLK program that'll be happening in May. On May 22nd, we're planning to have an outdoor event at the MLK Memorial, the Tidal Basin in the District of Columbia, to invite people of diverse ages and from diverse faith backgrounds to come together to reflect on Dr. King's legacy, what it means for them in their faith tradition today. So again, that'll be happening on Sunday, May 22nd. And uh, we're just very excited for that program and uh, looking forward to it. And that'll be all outdoors. So even if there's a new variant or something else, the program will be outdoors in order to do it safely. Well, that's really exciting. It seems like you have a lot of uh, events planned in the future. And I wish you all the best with those. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about on the show with us today? Your college years are some of the most vital, important, and impactful years you will ever experience in your entire life. The conversation you have in class, the conversation you have at two in the morning, these are conversations that will stay with you your whole life. I'm 43 years old, I'll be 44 in a few months, and I've been out of college for half my life now. And yet the friendships I made there, the conversations I made there, the people of diverse backgrounds and traditions that I met there, shape my life in ways so profound I'm still learning to articulate. So enjoy college. Enjoy these years. The conversations you're having matter. They are going to shape your future and the future of the wider community. Thank you so much, Reverend. I really appreciate your time and those kind words. Well, it's an honor to be here with you. Thank you for reaching out. I am curious to know from your perspective, Sarah, how is college right now in the midst of these times? It's it's definitely an interesting situation. It's kind of hard to articulate because things can seem really up in the air at times. Like when we were all online, we weren't really sure when we would be able to be in person again. And they would try and set dates, but sometimes they would get pushed back or things would be altered in a way. And I mean, we are in person at Washington College, but we still have to wear masks and we have um, special seating charts so we're more distanced from each other. And then certain events don't really happen like how they used to. Like I know some of the club meetings have had to kind of reorganize how they do things and meet in different rooms so people can distance better. And more of them were meeting outside before uh, the winter. 
hit. And I know over the break, we were all kind of worried that with the new variant, we would be going back online again, since there were a lot of other places that took that step. But I think because we're smaller in comparison to some of the other colleges out there, we were able to still meet in person. I mean, there's still certain requirements you have to meet, like um, regular COVID tests, as well as making sure the um, the school has your information, like your medical information, if you've been vaccinated or boosted. But I mean, I feel like it's good to be back in person because there are a lot of benefits to being online and I still feel like it's a good resource, but there's certain connections you just don't make with people unless you're in person talking to them. I couldn't agree more. Our entire model of interfaith dialogue as with most interfaith dialogue that has happened historically throughout the world has been based on being in the same room, on being together in person. And having to completely reinvent that model over the past few years has been an enormous challenge uh, from our end. It's also been a real opportunity because we've been able to reach folks that ordinarily we would never be able to be in touch with, including folks who've moved away. and yet there's a real grief we've experienced, and I suspect you may have experienced as well, of time lost, moments lost, opportunities to connect lost. And uh, I sincerely hope that the, the grieving of that happens for you and your peers, uh, but also it leads to a profound sense of appreciation for just how wonderful it is to be together. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Do you have any prayers you would like to share with us today at all? Sure. At the IFC, it's very important to us that every faith tradition speaks for itself. So even though I'm the executive director of the Interfaith Council, when I pray, I pray as a Protestant Christian minister in the United Church of Christ. I may reference our Buddhist friends, Hindu friends, our Sikh members or Zoroastrian members, those in the Muslim Jewish communities, the Jain community, the Baha'i friends we have. But still, even as one of three Christian traditions, along with the Catholic and Latter-day Saint communities, um, I I pray and we pray uh, from our own personal perspectives. And so for me, I usually would close my eyes doing that if you're okay with that, and then I'd be glad to offer a prayer. Loving God. Thank you for the many blessings you bring into our lives, even in the midst of this pandemic. Thank you for the gifts of technology that have allowed us to connect one another. Thank you for the vaccines that you facilitated. Thank you for helping the professors, administrators, all those who work in our universities and colleges and all those who study in them. Thank you for helping them to be flexible with each other understanding with one another, working together for a more just and equitable world. May you bless and keep Sarah and all those listening to the program today as they go about living ever more fully into a world of full inclusion for all people. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. It was wonderful to meet you. To learn more about the Interfaith Council of Metropolitan Washington and get involved in their mission, visit www.ifcmw.org.